You're listening to The Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, former Prep Course Ops Superintendent and current Special Reconnaissance Training Guru, Trent Segmiller. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another juicy episode with the ones ready crew here. Um, you know, like I like to come on here and just kind of free reign the, uh, the, the intros, but I've been told that I need to cover a few things before we, we jump into all the goodness that we're going to get into today. Uh, mostly short and old jokes about Jared, but, uh, just want to say thanks to everybody out there. Make sure you like, subscribe, uh, leave us a review. Um, all we get is five star reviews. So if you go in there and put in like a four and a half star review and just criticize us a little bit, it would be pretty amazing. Uh, or five is fine. And then also, this wouldn't be possible without a lot of the other uh, folks out there that support us, and uh, if nothing else, uh, moral support. And then there's also people like Hoist, and if you're listening and not watching, you can see I'm drinking a Hoist this morning, um, and, and they send me Hoist, and uh, they, 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 they support me that way, and they keep my electrolytes up and keep me from dying out here in San Antonio, because it's in, in stupid hot right now. It's hot and, in the Northwest, too. It's I hot know. everywhere, baby. You're not Dude, alone don't, in this. Don't come at me with it's hot in the Northwest. Hey, you're so full we of it. Hot. Yeah, my goodness. <laughs> hey, it's 107 today. Look, Phoenix gets to talk smack, but if unless you got San Antonio heat going on for the entire summer, you're like, oh, we had a one hot day. I don't know why we're talking about the weather all of a sudden. It's just I just revert Bro, back to my old. I think habits. you know why we're talking about the weather. Here. 100 degrees here and 100% humidity at 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't want to hear, oh, San Antonio so hot. Come on, get out. Anyway, hoist is a great way <laughs> to get over the heat and to keep yourself hydrated. It's an IV level hydration, and we've talked about it before. I'm a little bit of a cynic, uh, but it's it's one of the best things that I've I've ever used, and um, I, I drink it just about every day. Um, so beyond that, today we're going to talk about something that we've we've received a lot of messages about. I know uh, everybody's like, let's talk about. The, the pipeline schools and some of the stuff that you guys went through. And I, every time I see the message, can you guys talk about airborne? I'm always like, why would we talk about airborne? You know, why like, would we talk about airborne? It's three weeks long. It's a little, I don't know. I don't want to ruin it. So we'll just get into it. We're going to talk about airborne school today and all the, <laughs> all the goodness and everything that we learned throughout that process and let you know all the secrets. And there are no secrets. It, it's been there forever. So, Let's start off with Jared, obviously, because he was there at the inception of Airborne School, and it was actually his idea to jump out of a plane. Yeah. Um, so, so, I think for, Jared first, was like, how can we, how can we get to this place faster? And Jared was like, "Hey guys, it's gonna be crazy. What if we jumped?" And everybody was like, "What, dude? You see that plane over there?" Anyway, dude. But. Uh, if you've been, everybody knows the first thing that you go through when you get to airborne schools, just like a, a few other schools, is there's going to be a PT test. So, uh, Jared, if you, if you wouldn't mind walking us through, what what is the PT test? Is it difficult? And do, do people not make it? What happens on that first day? Well, so it's the Army Combat Fitness Test. Um, it's not hard, um, but it is, I, I guess it would be more difficult than, or maybe not more difficult. It's more relevant than what the old army. The old army, I think, probably when all three of us went through, was you know you had your two and a half or two mile run, uh, push ups, pull ups, and sit ups. I think is all it was, if I remember right. Um, yeah, and that was day one. And if so, you had to have already 
you had to have arrived with a past PT test and then day one you had to do another army PT test in order to continue on training and surprisingly a lot of people would actually fail that I, I never understood that and it's it's not only the army PT test because we actually get a lot of people that pass the past test and then you know before they ship out and then they fail it again so that seems to be a common trend not just with army airborne school but that's a that's a different topic altogether but um so yeah now it's the the army combat fitness test which has a, a bunch of different uh, movements in it you know it's got the it's got deadlifts standing power throws it's got um hand release push-ups leg tuck yeah dreaded leg tuck <laughs> da, da, da. it's got da, a da, da. Uh, uh, like a why, drag, why is it so hard? You know, dr- not a not a prowler, but it's a sled drag kind of thing. There's still a two mile run, so it's it's got some other things into it that are supposed to be more functionally based than your your standard old school. Hey, this is the military. We're doing push ups, pull ups, sit ups, and a you know couple of mile run. So it's a little bit more relevant these days. I love this. Like, I don't know why it happened to you. I watched, uh, so there's the, the old 41, right? So it's the P, the AFPT back when we went through and, and uh, Peaches and I were kind of laughing because while Peaches was running Curahy with the boys of Easy Company and Band of Brothers, <laughs> I, I actually went in like 2003. I went a little bit later. Um, but people, there were a lot of people that came in there and they their heart rate was already like 180. I went as a regular, I was a phys tech. I wasn't even, I wasn't in the pipeline when I went through airborne school. So I was a regular, I, I couldn't have been any more regular. Like, you know, that dumb morale patch that says regular guy. I earned my regular guy patch by going through. They didn't even know what I was. Like, we'll talk about who Sergeant Airborne is, but they were like, what do you do? And I would explain <laughs> it to them and they would just be like, I don't even know what that is. And I would just be like, yeah, it's, it's silly. Anyway, what's up? But no kidding. That PT test was hilarious because people were stressing it uh for people that don't understand you got to understand what airborne school is it's awesome you get to jump out of a plane they put through tens of thousands of people a year it is so many people years of army tradition unimpeded by progress or common sense (laughs) like you absolutely just go through it is like and it makes no sense and it starts it starts with that pt test so you're doing this PT test, and there's one Sergeant Airborne, and you can hear it. You can hear it from 40 feet away. You had to get 42 push-ups, right? And you could hear it from a, from 100 yards away. 41, 41, 41, 41. Some dude knocking out push-ups that are not counting, and this guy is going to 41 him to death and send him packing. And it was great. It well, was the, the greatest. There were always those rumors uh, that – they wanted to get rid of a certain number of people on day one, but they couldn't get rid of Air Force guys because they can't just 41 us to death and then have to explain it, you know, back up through the chain. But I don't know. But there were a lot of people that didn't make it. Uh, back back to Jared. What what part of the – where were you in the pipeline when you went to Airborne? Because – Oh, um, that was post um, – post NDOC. Uh, so it, you do – this is where my memory's going really bad. I don't know. It was somewhere in the pipeline. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah, really good. Trent, we're Trent. <laughs> so normally, how people do it is that they'll go to. Uh, so you go to to Indoc to dive school because dive school is like the big attrition. Yeah. 
after indoc and then usually after that they'll start looking for holes in the schedule to plug people into and airborne was was pretty close in the, in that beginning part so good good answer Peter. That, yeah, yeah yeah i know you just I know I totally boloed my credibility and everything like that, but I do rem- I do remember like there's there's never a, a kind of stoppage. I mean they they put through a ton of people and it's you know every week a class is starting and stuff like that. And I I do want to clarify like I don't because now that I'm thinking about it, I think Airborne still does the the basic Army PT test. I don't think they're doing the Army Combat Fitness test. I think it's still... I don't think they are either. Yeah. I think it's still the same one. Yeah, I, I think you're right. So I want to retract my statement about the Army combat <laughs> fitness test. I'm pretty sure they're still doing the push-ups, sit-ups. Um, I don't even think they're doing pull-ups and then the two-mile runs. They're so just do, they've they're really, doing a dead so they've, they've really yeah. progressed through the years. <laughs> you just yeah, have to get your chin above it. the bar and hang there, right? Or something? It was Yeah, for silly. eight seconds. No, yeah, it, it was It was no kidding. It's a, it's a flexed arm hang is what they call it. And... Uh, just in case anybody can't tell, I want to tell you the amount of show prep collectively that we did to what's going on at Airborne School right now is less than zero. I don't know if you could do less than zero. We're just straight going off of you know twenty year twenty year old memories. Trent, when did you uh when did you hit this bad boy? When in your when in your pipeline or was it after the pipeline or? It was two thousand five. So back when I came through, and all you had to do technically to to become a Southie was uh, Airborne and Seer as a weather guy before you came over and did anything else. Um, so like, yeah, I got orders out of my, uh, weather unit and just, you know, I was forecasting weather one day and then I was out there doing a PT test, which is still guys, it wasn't hard. Like it was, it was a weird experience, but we were all sitting here trying to remember what it was like going through airborne school. And it's like, I don't, that was a really long time ago. And so I think Aaron, for you, this next one is the, do you remember ground week at all? I know we talked about a little bit and. Oh, do I ever, boy, do I ever, because again, I, so, you know, a weird situation for me. So I was, I was no kidding, regular guy, air force. I was not special in any sense of the word. Fizz tech living at Andrews air force base. They actually, the only reason they even let me go is because we had a spot for it. And I was like, listen, I will drive my own car to Fort Benning, Georgia from Washington, DC to go to this, to save money. And they were like, all right, yeah, cool, man. Go ahead. So no kidding got the spot and there I am and you know got through the PT test and got through the uh got through the weekend and and there we were tower week uh, well it's ground week is the first week not tower week ground week is absolutely the most ridiculous thing of all time so you're there the companies are huge there were like what 400 people in your company or something like 400 students yeah to, I mean, to, was, yeah, to start right it was a pile yeah, of people absolutely ridiculous so it's like you know, imagine trying to do anything with 200 people. And, you know, the biggest dig that everybody has on airborne school is like, oh, it's it's big army and you have to do all these things. Let me tell you about the wires, everybody. So there's these wires, right? Cables. And the wires are exactly, exactly what they sound like. The wires are so that you can stand in a straight line. I'm not joking. These are things. And everybody that's gone through airborne school knows what standing on the wires is. And you, no kidding, you stand on the wire so that your line is perfectly straight. If you have to be out there at six o'clock in the morning for ground week, here's what it sounds like. All right, guys and girls, you have to be here at six o'clock in the morning. And then the other guy turns around and goes, okay, if they want us out here at six, you got to be on the wires at 545. We're going to take accountability. And then the person that's in charge of your little line of wires goes, all right, well, if we got to be out here for 545 for their accountability. We got to be out here at 515 standing on the wires. 
And then the guy that's in charge of half of your line that lives in your like <laughs> dorm area, he's like, all right, listen, guys, if we got to be out here at 515 on the wires for accountability, I'm going to need to see you guys out here at 445 standing on these wires. Got to be safe. For accountability. <laughs> Just to be safe, let's make it 430. So no kidding, <laughs> you were standing on those wires. Sometimes you don't even know why. Somebody will stand on the wire and you'll literally be like, what's, what's that guy standing on the wire for? And everybody goes, I don't know. And all of a sudden, Everybody's 35 people, wire. 100 people, <laughs> 200 people standing on the wires for no no idea. And you're literally just like, guys, what, what are we doing? And you're like, oh, you're just, uh, we're just standing on the wires. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. And then that's your life. If, if you like go to a public place and just start a line with like 15 people, that's what it's like. Eventually you will get people <laughs> getting in line with you. Hey, is this what, uh, is this you, a line? What are we What are we waiting for? Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I'm ahead of you. So super excited about it. You know what? Nobody's <laughs> going to believe that either. <laughs> no, because oh, no, it sounds you. so ridiculous. <laughs> you need to hit us up in the. I'm telling you, everybody else that's ever stood on a wire, you just need to put us out there. So ground week. That's that's no kidding. How it started. It was no kidding. Like, all right, boys, here we go. The premier airborne infantry method of airborne. You know, hearkening back to. The band of brothers and jumpers into St. Mary Glee, France and into Normandy. Here's where it all starts, everybody. The rich history. Now be there an hour and a half early and stand on these wires and shut up and BS with your friends. And that was my, I mean, I, I distinctly remember the very first day of Airborne at Ground Week sitting there and just going, cool. Uh, I guess I'm just going to stand on these wires then. And that's what you did. That's why it's so, uh, it's so funny whenever people are, are concerned about Airborne School. Like that, that are that are hitting us up, you know, in the, the comments or the DMs or whatever, because they're you know legitimately worried about airborne school. Because if you actually go to the airborne school website, I mean, it it talks about. Um, in fact, I, I actually like um, intensive program, and there there's a couple other words <laughs> they use in there, and it's like they have a website. <laughs> they have a website. <laughs> I can't imagine just, that they do. Yeah, and it's it's just so funny, man. Um, but. Also, you have the parachute landing falls. So I, I was actually pretty fortunate where my class uh, fell in on, I think it was over Thanksgiving. You know, you've, we only had three days of ground week. So that's kind of lucky because essentially you're doing five days. And it's not five days straight of PLF, but a good portion of that is just learning how to parachute landing fall, which is You were falling. no kidding. Jump. You were jumping. You're learning how to hit the earth as softly as you can, which is exactly as much fun as it sounds. You were jumping off of platforms, sometimes the swing landing trainer, and they are no kidding just being like, hey, see that wall? Fall off of it. All right, cool. Here's how you do that. And you do that for, I don't know, 40 hours a day. I, I, I don't remember how long I've had to do Remember the scene in The Avengers where uh, Doctor Strange puts Loki into the time warp and then Loki shows up and he's like, I've been falling. He's just falling the whole for time. For 30 minutes. That's essentially what Airborne Ground Week was like for me. I do remember having like, you know, like it doesn't hurt, but I remember taking my shirt off at the end of that week and having just contact, you know, because you felt falling in the same, you know, uh, feet, you know, butt, lats. Wow. Are so you many times. Five points of contact of this badly. Do you mean the pull up muscle? Wow. Because fleshy pull-up muscle. <laughs> because it doesn't matter. Look, I'll tell you what. Sergeant, um, I'm going to skip to the end. <laughs> what Sergeant Airborne says before you even jump is like, "Yeah, forget all that stuff. Just keep your feet and knees together, and uh, you'll be fine, Airborne." 
It's a, but, I mean, Sergeant Airborne, by the way. Yeah. Sergeant, you, Trent, you, you own that. Sergeant Airborne is somebody that uh, maybe thought about RASP at some point in his life, but ended up at the 82nd. I don't know. And they didn't like him, so they sent him back to Airborne <laughs> School to put on a black hat and yell at you about stuff and say things like, Hua? And as an Air Force guy, I'll tell you it's a little bit confusing because I, I never knew when to throw the Hua back. I was very confused. And so there, there were a few incidents while I was at Airborne School where some of the Air Force guys, we would, we would you know, yell Hua at the wrong time, and Sergeant Airborne would get very, very upset. But uh, they're, they're the people that, that run your PT and all your training and uh, eventually uh, tell you that if, if there will be no jump refusals, which is, I'm pretty sure, a lie. And uh, you know, they, they throw piles of people out of these planes that they know. But they're there for the whole time throughout Ground Week and Tower Week and all that other stuff. And they making sure that like- you're... They, they don't like hearing who y'all, who y'all start an airborne. They don't like that either. We would just really scream don't. out who at random times, and they'd be like, who, what the? We're like, sorry, sorry, I'm Air Force. I don't know. I don't know all these rules, man. Well, since we're already talking about starting airborne in the black cats, how about those smoke sessions that they put you through, right? Are, so, are you being you, sarcastic? So for everybody that can't well, yes. see, we're using <laughs> finger finger quotes. I, I love it. My uh, I had I, I don't remember what the what – the, black hats name so the black hats are just to clear it up for everybody that's the cadre the people that run airborne school and they're called black hats because they have these black baseball caps and a lot of them do this like crazy ranger roll thing and they've got bright shiny rank on and they literally it's a literal black hat like and they're called sergeant airborne everything there is rote memorization for people that do not know what the army army does training by blunt force repetition and memorization so everything is written, and they say the exact verbiage of things. I'm a proud graduate of Army Static Line Jumpmaster School, Fort Benning, Georgia. Quite recently, as a matter of fact, they are still doing the same thing that they did in 1943. I am positive of it. So Sergeant Airborne is everybody, right? So the, uh, the smoke sessions, my favorite one of all time is we had this one black hat that would walk out and every single time he saw us he would just be like that's it and he would call it scuffing us up so he did this during ground week like five times and it, it was like 20 push-ups or something he'd be like oh the scuffing is happening i'm bringing you the scunion and you'd be like what does that even mean like what what are you saying those words don't the letters don't belong in that order it doesn't mean anything sergeant airborne so he got sick of having to yell at us so he would stick his head, no kidding, out of an office window, and he'd go, auto scuff. And the first time he said it, auto scuff, we were like, what do you, what does that even mean? We were standing on the wires 40 minutes ahead of a showtime for no good reason. And we just looked at each other. We're like, what is he talking about? And he's like, auto scuff, do push-ups now. I don't want to have to say the whole thing. I don't want to be mad at you. Just do it yourself. So he would basically just say the words auto scuff, and we'd be like, all right, this guy wants us to do push-ups, and that's what we would do every single time. It was the most ridiculous. We were, I mean, when you think about it, we were coming out of NDOC, coming out of, um, you know, high school. We're the best shape we've probably ever been in, and we are cocky, so cocky and arrogant. That's <laughs> the worst. And oh, I, the worst. I can only imagine from their point of view just going like, these Air Force guys are the absolute worst and we have to put them through here. I, I probably thinking about how cocky we probably were. It's probably really bad. <laughs> the most annoying, right? Yeah. Well, it and it, it's one of my favorite. Uh, it's one of my favorite sayings of all time. Is he sunk the ship that he was on just to kill the captain? 
I was in there with some PJ trainees that were those dudes that were straight up out of straight up out of indoc shape of their lives. There's nothing they couldn't do anything. What are you gonna do? Literally, they would have to literally murder the other 295 students to make the five of them that they actually wanted to kill some, you know, feel the pain. So these dudes would just own Sergeant Airborne all the time. They would do something, and you would hear from the back. Which is how they said hua or whatever they say there. And it would make him so mad. But they, again, they sunk the ship that they were on just trying to kill the captain. And all these other army cats would just, they would be like, if you guys do not shut up, we are going to beat you all to death because we don't want to have to be involved in this smoke session. We were the ones saying zero instead of starting airborne saying zero. <laughs> we would just get down and start doing zero, zero, zero. And you hear it in the back. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> Yeah, so, oh. so so the the real physical requirements of smoke sessions are really not that big of a deal at Airborne. And, and I'm, I'm thinking about it, what was the hardest part of Airborne for me. And as I want to go back to the beginning a little bit because I think in processing, which we kind of skipped over, was the hardest part of Airborne oh. school. Because oh. it's it was so confusing to me because uh, thousands of people go through this thing all the time. I don't know what it was like for you guys, but I'm showing up. have it done. And it was just a shit show. There's no other way to say it. They're just like, you're like, there's like random people running around like, hey, you got to get like your helmet and your sweatband and all this other stuff. And no one had like a compiled list. There was no line of people to go through to, to make sure it all happened. It's just like, hey, everybody have this stuff done or else you're not starting class. Go. Like, like where's the stencils? Yeah, there was like the one supply. Yeah, there was like a porch that was like outside of supply and you yeah. kind of like stood on the porch for a little bit and then somebody would yell at you for standing on the porch and then you were like well I'm here to get my initial issue of supply and they'd be like oh okay you're in the right spot well then why did you yell at me for standing on the porch why didn't you just start with that yes. it's just one giant crap show and then you go through ground week and you're like yeah this is stupid but tower week and I think we'll go to Jared for this one tower week was actually I thought it was fun because Tower Week is so easy, um, and you actually get to jump out of the tower. But like Jared, can you explain Tower Week and what you remember from it? And did you guys have have to build the towers first? And how tall were they? <laughs> yeah, we had to construct the towers first, and then it's the yeah, Tower it was, of it was Babel a big ordeal. Week, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Tower Week still you're still doing the swing line trainer, which honestly that was kind of fun. I mean, you know, when you when you take all the other stuff aside from it, it's like okay, cool. Um, it was fun, um, you know. Uh, you know, you're you're learning your your um, exit procedures. You know, because in at Airborne, you're only jumping the door. You're not jumping ramp like we do. So you're learning the the techniques so that you don't get caught up in the in the static line as you're going out, keeping a decent distance from the static line jumper in front of you. Um, funny enough, there's no jumper fusels during that. I don't. Well, I'm, I'm sure there probably are, but I did not experience it or see anybody with a jump refusal. Um, and then you have the 250-foot tower. Was it Tower on Gower? Something like that, they, they would say. I have no idea. Yeah, they would, had too many, like, everything they had all kind kinds of, of names. Right. So, so, yeah, the 250-foot tower, which as long as the, um, as long as the winds were okay... You could, they would use it and you would actually get the chance to do it. If the winds were, I mean, I don't know what the cutoff was, but if it was windy at all, 
they couldn't do it. So, and I, if I remember right, I think it's either two or four jumpers at one time, and they they essentially winch you up with the parachute up top of two hundred fifty foot tower, and then release you, and that's where you learn to slip away, which is where you're grabbing a riser, and it's it's your very very minimal way to turn or kind of drive the way that you want to go. So you um, ain't turning that bad boy. I know, that is I such know, a lot. First, I know. <laughs> first of all, fake news. So that, to tell people what tower week was, so there are two towers, right? There was the 34 foot tower and the 34 foot tower had a door and you were attached, no kidding, to a line, like to a wire. And there was a door that you could, no kidding, you would pretend like you're jumping out of. Why is it 34 feet? I'm glad you asked. Because at 34 feet, you cannot see the horizon. You can't see the actual ground as you're standing in the door. If you stand in the door like normal at 34 feet, what, I don't know why they didn't just go to 35, whatever. You can't see the ground. So it's exactly, they, they would tell you, yeah, at 34 feet, you can't see the ground. So when you exit the door, it's exactly like exiting. And then you, no kidding, zip line down this long steel line all the way to these berms. Now, let me tell you about my favorite part, my absolute favorite part about Army Engineering. There's a million ways with modern technology, the freest, most prosperous country and on the history, in the history of mankind, the height of military power. And how do they stop you at the end of this line? Four or five people are volunteers and they catch your screaming 200 pound body as you're zip lining towards them. And their, their job is literally to help you not hurt yourself. It's essentially like human bowling, but airborne style. And it is, it is the greatest. So I, I was one of those volunteers, and it's a whole lot of fun just, like, getting to hit everybody that, as that comes down that wire. You're just trucking them. Like, and it's the worst. And then, like, it becomes a game where you're standing on that berm as a proud graduate of the catchers myself. You're just standing on that berm, and you see somebody coming. You're like, oh, I'm going to knock this guy out. As soon as he gets close enough, you're just throwing. Like, you are literally, there is no catching. It's like a form tackling drill that you're trying to do. <laughs> and this this person is coming at you full speed down this zip line, attached to this harness, just screaming at you. It is the greatest. I, I think the Yeah, go ahead. I'm pretty sure 34 feet is made up from somewhere. It's got to be made up, but it is it was, a 34 foot tower. I can tell you yeah. that for sure. It was nonsense. Hey, Jerk, did you actually get to go on the the big towers? Did that happen while you guys were there? Yeah. So we we had. P- I did not because what happened is height requirements. Height requirement. <laughs> <laughs> Man, <laughs> must be this tall to ride. <laughs> Yeah, um, just where, you know, last name being starting with P, they started with the higher, higher uh, alphabetic letters, and then it got ended up getting a little windy, and so I didn't get a chance to go, but, like, they put a lot of people into the, so these are, you know, for everybody else out there, these are 250-foot steel beam towers, so if you don't... They look like huge, yeah, yeah. huge, like... Um, like those huge towers in Texas that they string power lines from, they have like four arms off yep. of them, but they are, I mean, they're 250 you can, feet tall. They're huge. You can see them from everywhere. Yeah. You can either, you can either Google them or if you saw we were soldiers they're they're in that portion where Mel Gibson um, is catching the bus. But anyway, so if you do not slip away properly or if it is too windy, as soon as they release you, 
your, you and your chute will go into the tower and then you'll get tangled up. So that's kind of dangerous because if that parachute doesn't tangle up, then you're just falling, um, you know, hitting beams on the way down 250 <laughs> feet. So um, as soon as they put, I don't know, four or five people into it, they, they knocked it off for the rest of the day in terms of that. And then we, I think we probably ended up doing more PLFs or something like that. I like how it took four or five people. That's like classic. First guy, yeah. they're like, nah, it's probably his fault. Second, they're like, meh. Well, probably, let's, <laughs> let's see what happens. It probably was their fault. Well, the second guy, there's a, there's really only one way to tell. we got to get to an odd number here. So it's two of one and one of the other. Trent, did you get to go uh, Did you get to go off the towers? Were you a super-duper bear trooper? No, no. I went through when it was easy. I think they'd shut that down, at least while I was there. And uh, there had been a, an incident shortly before I went through. Uh, so, you know, they had to like shower us off and stuff if it got too hot. And, uh, I think, you know, you know, like you put a few dudes into a tower or like somebody, you know, doesn't, doesn't make it through. And is there, is there, if there's like a training incident then things get pretty soft for a little bit. So, well, I will tell you, so my, it was awesome. The very first guy for us. So they were like, Hey, you know, the winds are good today. We're going to go ahead and do this again to frame one of the closest things. So I think I was in Bravo company, either Bravo company or Charlie company, one of the two. And the towers are no kidding. There's the towers they are in this huge field. And you're like, oh, that's cool. One way is totally fine. It's like this big field. The other way is like 10 feet. And then there's a road and then there's the buildings. And you always look at these towers and, and oh, by the way, the wind blows from the towers to the buildings. So you're like, that doesn't seem to make any sense. Like the very first thing that's going to happen is these people are going to get blown this way. So sure enough, they take one of the guys up in the tower, they let him go. And as soon as they let him go, I was actually standing next to uh, my favorite Sergeant Airborne of all time. I remember her distinctly. Her name is Sergeant Fontenot. She was from the back country of Louisiana and she was country country, like stand there with a dip in her mouth country. As soon as they released uh, as soon as they released this paratrooper from the tower, she goes, "Oh no, yeah, that's across the street." <laughs> I'm sorry, what? And, and she, as soon yeah, she goes, she "Oh no, no, that's across the street." Yeah, watch this. She's like, "Hey there, hey there, Air Force, watch this one." So no kidding, this guy is drifting. Everyone on the ground for whatever reason is just screaming, "Slip away!" <laughs> this guy is pulling down on every single thing trying to get his chute to respond and it's not remember the real old school like blazers that had the huge back window like the first suvs where that back window was like the k5 yeah yeah like the huge back window this guy went i mean he shattered the back of that window (laughs) because he went into the parking lot and he pl like he feet knees together perfect plf but he was just drifting and he hit straight into the back of like a Bronco or a Blazer or something with that huge back thing and just absolutely shattered it and knocked himself out. And all of the all the black hats were just like, all right, yeah, I guess we're, I guess that's shut down for the day. Now we're going to go to go. PLS. Like it was, go, yeah, here we go, guys. Great. Thanks. And they like, blame, they like shamed this kid for like drifting it, like it's we said, your tower it's 20, we said slip away 25 feet away from a parking lot <laughs> but everybody told him to slip away those are magical words with a t10 delta why can't you just away. slip away <laughs> told you slip away everyone on the ground too i'll, I'll never because it was just like the weirdest it was the most surreal experience it's just this country chick going oh yeah that's cross street air force watch this one 
and then everybody just going, slip away! And then, like, this car just getting demolished by this poor 11 Bravo kid. It was absolutely hilarious. I just laughed. Well, that's one of the, the, I guess, bad parts about that is because if you get hurt, which it does, I mean, people do get hurt, you know, whether it's a 250-foot um, tower, um, doing PLS, funny enough, you know, some people if, end up If your knees hurt from running the, the slowest of all yeah, time. Yeah, the airborne the shovel. Airborne shovel. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you're training right now and you're, you know, used to running sevens, sub-sevens, try running in a formation where you're doing like nine and a half minute miles, maybe 10, maybe 10. And then, so what we, I would always try and get in the very back because they didn't, they didn't put you in any kind of order, but I would always try and get in the very back so that you kind of have the accordion effect and so that I could actually like kind of stride it out a little bit and then kind of lay back and then, and then catch up just because it was, it was killing my shins and my knees just running that kind of slow stepping on everybody. But there was a lot of people that ended up getting like legitimate knee knee issues or shin splints and ended up getting recycled. Not not our guys, but you could see it a lot. Well, I'll tell you, I thought I was going to get a disease the first time I walked into the barracks. I thought that's what was going to recycle me. <laughs> like beyond like the knee pain and all that other crap. Like so like, at, you know, if, like Aaron knows too, like I've, I've been in the Air Force for a couple of years. You know, you get to a, used to a certain standard of living. You have standards, baby. We yeah. Have standards in this team. <laughs> I remember I walked in there and I looked at my room and I was just like, "Is this? Are they serious? Like, and you want yes, four of us are. to sleep in here?" <laughs> That's right. It was four yeah. to a room. <laughs> it was. Yeah. yeah if you weren't, because I wasn't even. If you were like a senior airman, and when I went through, if you were an Air Force senior airman, they would treat you kind of like an NCO. But you're yeah. not. You you go they'd through let as you a. Be a yeah, they'd let you be in November because you wrote it was like that's how they showed that you were a, an NCO. They'd write November on your helmet, and then you'd have yep. your roster number. Like I was November one nine nine when I went through, so I only had to have two in a room. But that janitor's closet where I was sleeping, like I don't even know. There was a rat that moved out and filed a formal complaint about those barracks. <laughs> those things they were, were so the bad. oldest. They were they would condemn them, but then like I, I just don't even know. They're still standing, by the way the same jump students are still in the same barracks like it is still like i think it's a point of pride with the army now like these things are 75 years old yep i don't know all all three guys yeah let's let's talk about jumping so like after you get through all the injuries and all the nonsense and all the hua's and the sergeant airborns then you finally get to sit in a room for an unknown amount of time before you finally get to walk out to a plane <laughs> so let, let's start with aaron aaron how long did you have to sit in that stupid shed before your first jump or how long did it feel oh my god i have dude i have no idea so to to get to what trent's talking about here right so jump week starts off so by the way jump school would not happen without the united states air force who do you think flies the planes for the united states uh army's jump school the air force does so you're sitting there waiting on who knows how many C-130s or, you know, C-17s to get everybody ready to jump. So just imagine, you know, how hard is it to organize your friends on a night out? Like to get everybody, you know, dressed at the same time and getting in an Uber and going to the same place. That's hard enough. Now imagine getting 400 people to get on parachutes where you have to get a JMPI. People have never put on the parachute before. They're terrified, first of all. I was, uh, you know, just to give you a quick story, 
the first guy in my stick, so there's 20 jumpers to a stick there, the first guy out the door, usually they would, they would ask for volunteers. They'd be like, all right, whatever. There was a kid from Georgia that his very first plane flight, he jumped out of it. He'd never been on a plane before. So he drove to, you know, he lived in the area, drove to basic training, drove to AIT, and then, you know, took a bus. And then his very first plane flight when he was on a scene, they found out that it was going to be his first plane ride. So they made him jump first. So he was literally standing in the door, just absolutely terrified. Just like, look, there's just steely glaze looking out the door. But so you have to, again, army timelines, right? So if you're jumping at 10 o'clock, well, that means your brief's going to be at seven. That means you got to be on those wires at about, I don't know, 1 a.m. So they get, they get everybody into your, into your rig. You get your, your main parachute on, you get your, your reserve on, you get a buddy check and then you get JMPI'd. Well, then you're not allowed to touch anything. And it's the, they call it the shed. And it's just rows and rows and rows of like, I don't know, 100 yard long wooden benches that you sit on and you just wait for your number to be called. If you're like the 40th C-130 that's taking off of that day, and that's not an exaggeration. Like if you're the 30th you know person to go, you are no kidding sitting in that rig for, I don't know, six hours waiting for your turn to waddle out to the plane to go jump. However, in that shed, there's a little nugget, a little nugget of joy. And they don't play it all the time. But everybody knows what I'm talking about. They played the old school jump video. And that video is mwah, magnifique. I got to see it again when I went down to Jump Master School. Peaches, do you remember that video? Do I remember being in it? Is that what you're... <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's where you were going with that. <laughs> I was hand, wondering if I knew you had too many jokes this episode. <laughs> I don't remember, but I remember the shed very well. You know, and I, I, I do remember, um, well, I don't want to detract from your video story. Go for it. Well, uh, th- that video, so it was, it was produced, it had to be like 19, 1960s, 1970s. It was, it was, you could tell it was produced right in the very beginning where they figured out how to make it color. <laughs> like where it's like the Technicolor, <laughs> like this video brought to you in shining new Technicolor. And it was hilarious. They would take you through like, they'd be like, first, you're going to show up you're gonna run with the elite during your pt test and it's dude in like old school fatigues boots and utes running like like the instructor that was watching him was like physically smoking a cigarette while he was like writing numbers down the music is music is just absolutely on point and it's terrible track recording it's like the worst video editing of all time and somebody was proud of this the army was like boys this is it it's like their website now (laughs) intensive training tip of the spear but uh it had so many like it it has the most iconic line i've probably ever heard and they were talking about plfs so again for everybody out there parachute landing fall they teach you how to get on like a desk that's as high as your eye level like six feet tall and how to just hit the earth and they said they were gonna in three weeks time they were gonna make you so hard that the earth would hurt when you hit it and people cheered it was like uh, Lee Greenwood freaking song and I'll probably stand up people cheered to that video and it was rowdy it was the best part of sitting in that shed and they wouldn't they wouldn't play it like back to back every once in a while they would put it on 
I just, the, the worst part about that with me is, um, you know, sitting there for six, seven hours or whatever it was, and they would, they would not let you touch your, your, um, you know, your rig no and stuff like that. And so and no sleeping, right? No sleeping. And then if you needed to go to the bathroom, like, Hey man, it was not, the end of the world. Yeah. You had oh to go my JMPI. Oh. Yeah. It's they not could not it. believe they cannot believe that they made you show up seven hours prior to a jump and sit in a shed locked into equipment and then you would need another and then the worst part of it is that if there was any delay then sergeant airborne was mad so if you needed a jmp like god forbid you had to like pee because then they'd have to like re-jmpi you but then it was like a snake pit there were like nine jump masters that just like would materialize around you and in front of 400 people they would be like oh Let's see if you got any gigs. Let's see if you hook this thing up correctly. <gasps> Is that a spot of urine on those pants, my friend? And they would just go. I, I was just like, "Is this a thing? Is this a it, it, shark let, attack?" Let me, let me, let me assure you. Oh, don't say that. It's a real oh. thing. Yeah, I know, I know. We can't do shark attacks anymore. But yeah, no. um, <laughs> I mean, I remember they would. I mean, not not necessarily us because we were like, "Oh, we're going to go get up and go to the bathroom," but. Um, some people, I mean, they would just piss themselves because they were just too scared to ask. <laughs> and it was like, guys, um, I mean, no, you just... for, for everybody out there, a JMPI, you know, is a, a jump inspection, right? It inspects your rig and makes sure that everything is safe because, I mean, you are jumping out of a plane. But, um, I mean, a, a, a those are skilled, and I all the credit to them, they are skilled jump masters when it comes to JMPI. Oh, yeah. There was, there was yeah, no yeah. one on earth that is better or faster than them, which means that Nobody. they can probably do a legit, legitimately um, a slow JMPI for them is probably a minute and a half, two minutes per person. Which is right? ri- ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I, I'll tell you straight up, like just be, and it's a weird thing, right? Like, I was a rescue jump master, and then when I came back to ST, my first assignment was at an ST, and then when I came back to ST, where I am now with my favorite chief of all time. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, when I came back, they were like, hey, you know, good news. You get to go back through the formal course. And I was like, well, do I really need to, though? They were like, oh, no, we totally got this. Uh, we totally hooked up the spot for you. You're already going. So I was just like, all right, cool. I legitimately struggled even after having those years of experience being a rescue jump master and knowing, like, I knew how to JMPI people. I was, I had done it, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of times before. No big deal. I knew how to do that. It is hard to JMPI somebody in the standard that they want it, and those guys blow the standard out of the water. It is impre- no, it, it really is impressive. Like watching one of those dudes that works at the JM school at the um, Airborne School um, go through a JMPI. It is lightning fast, and it is perfect. They you cannot catch them screwing up. It is absolutely no. perfect. But to the to my point is, let me go to the bathroom, and then I come out and just JMPI me again. It doesn't take that, you know, <laughs> or we clean up some urine, you know, I mean, like, cause I, I'm going to go, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you decided this ends up in the paper, Sergeant Airborne, yeah. but I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> so, so you, you, you get all, you get past all that and, and then there's the, the, the moment, right? Everybody's first jump. And one of the sayings is everybody's first jump is a night jump because everybody closes their eyes, which... I'm not, I'm not even sure it's true. I think it was partial night jump, my first one. But tell me, tell me all about. Let's, Aaron. First, tell me about your first jump. Man, I my first jump was. It was literally like the perfect jump. 
right? I always I always joked around and said that if my fifth jump at, at jump school was my first jump, I would have quit because it was just terrible. That first jump, so we didn't have to really wait that long. So we were probably only in the harness for maybe like three hours or something because I was one of the first C-130s that, that went out the door. It was a door jump. It was still in the morning. Like the sun was just kind of rising. There was absolutely no wind. And I landed so softly right in the middle of huge Friar DZ that I could have stood up. I literally, I hit my feet and I, I could have stood it up if I want to. And oh, you're not allowed to stand up. I could have stood it up. I was, a t it was totally fine. But Sergeant Airborne is sitting there on a megaphone. And by the way, I was right near the PI. So Sergeant Airborne, no kidding, is right by me. And he's got a megaphone for whatever reason. And he's just like yelling into the megaphone. I'm like, that's not even how this works. It make just talk normally, whatever. But he was like, you better PLF. So I like PLF, but it was like the weirdest, just like, I just kind of like fell on the ground. Falling. I, I was just like, oh man, it, it happened exactly like it was supposed to. Came out, you know, my PLF was, or my you know, exiting procedures were fine. Shoot was fine. I, I was, I looked around for a second. I was like, holy crap, I just jumped out of a plane. And then I hit the, hit the ground and I was like, that's, that was the softest PLF that I've ever had. It was, it, they call it Hollywood when you jump slick, when you don't have any equipment on, it was Hollywood jump. But I put my shoot in the bag and I ran off the, ran off the DZ. And I, I gotta be honest, it was one of the more motivating times. I was like, holy cow, you know, I just jumped out of an air. Jared, first jump. Oh man, you guys are going to get a kick out of this. Uh, yes, we will. You probably never jumped out of a 141, a C-141, did you? What are you talking about? <laughs> Jared's yeah. jumped out of a glider. Yeah. You're just making stuff up now. So I was, <laughs> that's, that's not even... I, uh, yeah, it's not in the inventory anymore. I don't remember when it retired, but yeah, I was, I was probably... I'm guessing I was probably one of the last people to jump out of a, a 141, but uh, yeah, so I think I had three of those and then two C-130... 30 jumps. Um, no issues with any of my jumps, but, you know, again, going back to people that would get hurt or something like that, if they didn't complete the, the five jump profile, which at the end of that week, you know, you're, you're done, you have, should have done five jumps in order to graduate. Um, you know, those people get recycled and have to recover and do the whole thing again. So, um, but mine was uneventful other than jumping out of a 141, which I think is kind of cool. Just shows I'm old, though. <laughs> a perfectly good airplane. What was yours, Trent? I had a. Uh, we, were, we were walking out to the bird. It's kind of the story. Like, and there's some kid that I think had been a jump refusal or didn't want to get on or whatever, but he wasn't part of our chalk. Sergeant Airborne talks him into it. He gets stuck next to me. You know, like we're walking out, and this kid just gets like inserted into our chalk. So we're on the plane, and, and he's walking out the door, first jump, and he just drops his line. And kind of like just dives out the door. So when I go and I hand my, my line of the, you know, safety and I, I turn and I jump and when I would go down to reach into, you know, grab my, my reserve, just like they tell you to, right? And this is like a classic scenario. His line wrapped around my arm. So my very first jump, oh, I came God, out no. and, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it cheese grated my arm. I threw my arm back or whatever and it, it, did, it did its thing. But, like, you know, you hear all the stories, and everybody tells you about the stories when you catch a line and it, like, pulls everybody's biceps off or whatever. So, like, I'm falling. Sergeant Airborne's yelling at me from the ground, you know, PLF, you, hey, Airborne, slip away. I'm just, like, trying to, like, is my arm still there? And it was fine. It just, you know, tore me up a little bit. But I hit the ground, and I was pretty happy just to, to make it past the first jump. And I wasn't going to tell anybody about it, but I still have the uniform with, like, burn marks on it and everything. Uh, so, like, I just 
did everything with my left arm for the next so four you, jumps. So you experienced that. Have you ever been behind somebody when they've done that, when they've accidentally wrapped their hand around someone's static line and seeing what your arm does? No, I don't want to see that. It's it's heinous. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't tell anybody until like we graduated and then I showed someone my arm and they were like, what the, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm not recycling. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Dude, that's a, I mean, that's, that is a legitimate, like, I mean, your arm is just flailing and and people's shoulders get jacked. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I see, uh, did you guys see any jumper fusels ever when you guys were there? I didn't, I didn't see any. Just the kid that tried to kill me. Just the kid that tried to kill me. I did see uh, one of our dudes pull, like had a no kidding, a malfunction, did what he was supposed to. So it was our fifth jump. And for people that don't know, they invite people from the local area. Like I, I, they did at the time. I don't know if they did for you guys, but there's no kidding people in stands that are watching your graduation jump, watching that fifth jump. And when you walk off of Friar DZ, there's no kidding. Some There's like people cheering. Good on them for the finesse. They've got some t-shirts that you can buy. They've got, you know, a, a gut. They had like, food that you could buy there was like a you know hot dog there was like a burger burning stuff for us it was actually kind of kind of cool it was, it was pretty cool but no kidding we're sitting there and there's all these people and you can watch everybody else jump that are still jumping because the the drop zone is huge and it's obviously right in front of you but you see this this jumper go out you see his shoot immediately doesn't look right and everybody immediately was like pull yours or and he starts going towards the ground, and we all thought the worst. Uh, you know, as he's like picking up speed, you can kind of see him working through the issue. So it turns out, just as he came below the tree line, he was able to get his reserve out enough to slow him down, and walked away from it completely unscathed, and was totally fine. But all of us were just like, "Oh, that's it! That guy just burned in!" Like in front of all these people, this is going to be terrible. And uh, classic, you know, uh, ranger contract dude, just hard as woodpecker lips just comes right off that comes right off fryer dz and just like yeah it was scary man couldn't get my reserve out finally did though anyway that was kind of weird and everybody was like holy you're supposed to be dead man like you got you you know those tall pine trees at uh fort benning georgia were like uh hey bro like that was you were like even with the pine trees when you got your reserve out that's like 100 feet you're not supposed to be here he's like oh well uh, good thing they taught us how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Jeez. He was just like, we were like, oh, okay, cool. I guess we'll just go now. I mean, for, for those that aren't aware, I mean, at Airborne School, you're you're jumping out at 1,250 feet. So there's not that much time if you do have a malfunction. So, I mean, it, it is a pull that reserve, try and get it out, and, and that's it. I mean, it's just... Just hope for the best, yeah, homie. Any any lower, and you don't even need to, like, that was one of the funnier parts of jump school is they were talking about combat jumps, and it was during a brief, and the the Sergeant Airborne was like, listen, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I've jumped from 800 feet. It doesn't. There's not even a purpose wearing a reserve. You might as well just not even wear a reserve. By the time you have it figured out, by the time you're, he's like, you're just going to hit the ground. He's like, when you jump at 800 feet, you jump out, you get a little bit of opening shock, you look at your chute, and then you're hitting you hit the, ground. the ground. That's what it is. Yep. So we this one bless his heart bless his little heart some army e2 is like uh hua sergeant airborne so if you don't have a reserve on and you jump out and you have a malfunction uh what is it that you're supposed to do and sergeant airborne did not miss a beat and he was just like well there airborne i guess your plf better be very dynamic (laughs) the guy just 
he just looked at me he was like oh he's like writing it down he's like oh <laughs> write okay, it yeah, down. dynamic <laughs> dynamic plf i'm gonna refer to this later on when i need it <laughs> he's like and this one is for me and i'm gonna get out of some trouble with this one <laughs> well i think that's that, uh, it man yeah yeah that kind of wraps up the whole airborne thing i mean we didn't even get into so gonna, many things you're not even going to talk about getting your wings that's the last thing let's, yeah, you're not, you're not let's talk, talk about, about getting your wings was there a ceremony <laughs> i mean i was like who you are airborne well i mean I it was it was, it was on the yeah i was gonna say it's on the cables and then they go around yeah. and I, I bet now they can't punch it into your chest though I bet. I bet they don't. Yeah, I would imagine that they don't. They were starting to crack down on it. Um, they they definitely said that you weren't allowed to do it, but uh, but it was done. You know, depending on who you. Oh, one hundred percent. Like my guy gave me like the the bro handshake and then brought me in for the hug, <clears throat> and it was a very aggressive hug. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that you definitely didn't like punch them in. Nobody saw you punch them into me. You said like the only time the guy's ever liked me in his entire life. He gives me this very aggressive hug. He's like, oh, you did it, airborne. <laughs> Thanks. I think they had to ask us if they could give us a little tap or whatever. It was pretty stupid, but you're like, it's weird, yeah, yeah, man. Like I don't, I don't care. But <laughs> didn't bother me. I got, I got the blood wings or whatever. But yeah, you're right. I don't think they were supposed to, and I, I, I would be blown away if they're still allowed to do it now. Dang. Well, if, 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 times, you, if you'd had video cameras, you should have recorded it and cried. During the, the entire process, I've I've seen that that's how it's supposed to be done. <laughs> and then upload it to TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. J- jokes on you. I'm gonna cry about it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I'm done. You know, slapping my thigh over here and giving very direct directions and all that other stuff, but. Uh, everyone's cool. I mean, you, you've heard us all talk about it. it it's a, it's an interesting experience. It's we call it Air Force Appreciation School sometimes because it's big army and it's a little bit different. But it's just like anything else, you know. Keep your head down, take care of the task in front of you, and before you know it, it'll be over, and then you can you can come out and tell these these ridiculous airborne stories like we do. And hopefully, you can you can tell them a little bit better because it hasn't been you know 400 years since you went through airborne school. Like, <laughs> collectively right yeah and you didn't you didn't invent the airborne um so make sure yeah go subscribe like everything else uh i think uh everly stock hats are, are pretty cool i, I just want to shout them out real quick and then go to our uh, our website onesready.com check everything out and throw that discount code in for uh, for all the people that we uh, associate ourselves with and you should too so that's it from us here and go out there and earn each breath later Light up.